0: And welcome to Friday, the final Friday of this month. Rockin' and rolling right here on the hottest show in the streets. Number one form for your Bama football news. However you may be watching this, cell phone, iPad, tablet, computer, what have you? You're rocking and rolling right here. Number one form for Bama. In my own words, George truly, Stephen M. Smith, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Uh, appreciate you guys checking us out on today. We're bringing you the show from the magic city of Birmingham, streaming this to you on YouTube. You know what to do. Hit the subscribe button right now. Become a new member to the channel right now by hitting that subscribe button. Also hit that thumbs up, give a like on the show, make this your show, your network platform, channel and space to talk Bama. Turn all of those notifications on, hit that little bell so that way you miss absolutely nothing. On your favorite program, we also got you covered here on Facebook and Twitter as well, streaming to you the show. And got a good one today, John. We'll be talking about one Brian Kelly, who in a recent podcast, a new coach for LSU coming over from Notre Dame after spending 12 years with the Fighting Irish, said one of his main goals, one of his goals for coming to the SEC, was to do one thing and we'll talk about that one thing here in the show and along with that you know the summer enrollees the remaining the remaining freshmen for the 2022 this recent signing class will be enrolled this weekend and a few of those guys have been putting in some big time off-season work we'll get into that and we'll even detail All of Alabama's opponents in its regular season schedule for the coming fall. We want to hear from you, the passionate fans of Bama football. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. Night the phone lines up. Want to hear from you today. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Daily Super Chat Goal, $75. It's Jimmy! making it rain, make it snow in the club! Clay has already got us going with that $100 donation in the Super Chats, handling the goal by himself. Appreciate Jimmy Clay showing us the love here on the channel. So, we're going to jump into the topic here, our first topic here of conversation. And like I mentioned, John, even in an Even in a NIL-controlled climate or NIL culture of college football, Nick Saban remains the needle. He remains the conversation. He remains the guy paying the bills. He remains the guy that keeps everybody employed because everybody wants to talk about him and his program, uh, that being the Crimson Tide. And what's interesting here is uh, Brian Kelly, of whom – Spent 12 years at the independent known as Notre Dame. Uh, The last time the fighting Irish won a national championship, you would have to go back to, I believe, 1991 with Lou Holtz. That year serves me correctly, but Notre Dame has had some chances under Brian Kelly to win you know, a national championship. I mean twenty twelve had a shot to do that, but ran up ran up against Alabama in the twenty thirteen BCS title game and took a whooping forty two to fourteen and then had a couple of chances while it was in the college football playoff to make a run there at a national championship. Just Brian Kelly, as good as he was at Notre Dame, just never could get over the hump, right, of winning that championship. So He decides to go to LSU on November the 30th of last year. Gets hired at LSU. And some of the main reasons why he took the job was, number one, of course, better players, better conference, better chance to win a championship, you know, all of these things. But there was one thing he highlighted, which was one of the reasons why he chose to, in his words, not run from Notre Dame, but run to LSU For a bigger, better challenge, check out this clip from the Varsity House podcast as one of the reasons why uh, Brian Kelly chose to take the NSU job.
1: That's why you got into coaching. You love to compete. And you want to to just keep... Compete until, I guess, the end of the, into your career, basically. Yeah, I want to beat Nick Saban. Who doesn't <laughs> want to beat Nick Saban? <laughs> you sure. know what I mean? Yeah, I, want yeah. to play him, I want to play him in the regular season. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's
0: the standard, right? That's right. the standard. Now he's a conference opponent, right? right? I want to beat Nick Saban. One of the reasons why Brian Kelly chose to come to you, I want to beat Nick Saban. Who doesn't want to beat Nick Saban? Now he's a conference opponent. Now I get to see him. Now I get to have my shot at taking out the great one of college football. And, and like I mentioned, Brian Kelly's had some opportunities. You go back to 2012 at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, Notre Dame was undefeated, you no know, 12-0, going into the national championship down there in Miami for the BCS to take on Alabama and coach Saban. And people were talking about during that game, the build buildup for that game was – You know, Notre Dame's got man-tied tail. They got this great defense. You know, Everett Golson, really athletic quarterback. You know, this could be something here to to watch. And uh, we clearly saw Alabama just dismantle Notre Dame on national TV. I mean, it got so bad that at halftime, a question was directed to Brian Kelly, and he was like, well, hopefully Alabama doesn't come out in the second half because they, they were getting just that embarrassed at halftime back in the 2013 title game and of course 2020 the COVID shortened season Notre Dame back there got in the college football playoff took on Alabama in the Rose Bowl instead of it being played in Pasadena California it was played in Arlington Texas and the likes of Mac Jones Najee Harris Devontae Smith and the Alabama defense suffocated the in Irish Alabama got the 31 31- to fourteen victory there, Alabama would go on to win an undefeated national championship. So uh, Kelly's had chances. He's had chances in South Bend. He did. Now I get it. People say, but Steve, that's Notre Dame and their academics and it's and it's and it's rhetoric and it's it's hard. It's difficult. It's rigorous. That's where I want. It's rigorous. It's tough going to LSU, you're not having all of these academic requirements, you're getting the better athletes, the better players to go out there and compete and win and do what you want to do, which is win a championship. But it's just crazy how for most coaches, the dream the goal would be win a national championship, right? But then for some, it's no. The goal is, one of the goals I, I gotta beat Nick Saban. You know, because beating Nick Saban is the championship, right? I mean, if I get to the championship itself, that's cool, that's great, but beating Nick Saban to some people and to some teams, that is the championship. And it it just speaks to how true the statement is that Coach Saban is the needle of college football. I mean, when you start a conversation with, you know, this team's going to beat Alabama. People's ears perk up. People flock to the radio. They flock to the TV. They're grabbing the phones. They're calling to the different radio stations. going, did you hear this insane dribble coming out of this person's mouth that they're going to beat Alabama? Like, how in the world would this person be allowed to call into the radio station? Like, when you bring up Alabama, it starts the whole melting pot of discussion and that just speaks to how much Nick Saban has had his finger on the pulse of the game uh, for quite this long, for going on out 16 years. So, uh, especially Alabama, so it's, it's just interesting how, you know, Brian Kelly, one of his goals, I want to beat Nick Saban. And uh, to start the season, or in the season, MSU, Coach Kelly will host the Crimson Tide at Death Valley, Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, this upcoming season. So we'll see how that first matchup in the SEC goes between uh, Brian Kelly and Coach Saban. But we take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that down because when we return, we dive into the phone lines to grab your calls, your thoughts, your chats, your interactions. What do you feel about all of this? Brian Kelly wanting to beat Nick Saban, coming to the SEC, leaving Notre Dame for this type of an opportunity. We'll get to your phone calls and your thoughts right after this.
2: You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up.
1: Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from
0: scratch. And we are back into the action here, folks, from the break on the number one form for Bama Football News. In my own world, George truly Stephen Smith, touchdown. Alabama Magazine. Happy to have you guys checking us out here on a Friday. TGIF edition here of the show and uh, phone lines open 205-448-1358 number to call in to let your voice be heard. The call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang 205-448-1358 and one more time 205-448-1358 as you guys are continuing to get your thoughts in too call in. You know, John, uh, I know we're going to talk about this later on in the show, but I'm just really excited that, you know, this weekend we're going to see or we're going to hear about the remaining uh, freshmen in this 2022 class, this recent class, and then also the transfers of the transfer students. Uh, they're all enrolling this weekend to start, those you know, summer workouts, to start summer camp, to start seven-on-seven, seven, you know, summer classes. This is a very exciting time of the year, right? Because normally you get to see, you know, which of these summer athletes, which one of these summer enrollees can uh, make a name for themselves and uh, ball out and impress the coaching staff enough to make Nick Saban and the staff want to go, we need to play him. We need to play that guy. That player has to be on the field because if we, if we play this guy – They give us the best chance to win a football game and the best chance to win championships. Like I mentioned before, we've seen in years past under Coach Saban where a summer enrollee really, really popped off. I mean, whether it is Jalen Waddell came in 2018 that summer, became the human joystick. You know, he really popped off. Whether it was Minka Fitzpatrick came in the summer of 2015, nearly took Tony Brown and Marlon Humphrey's jobs. Took Tony Brown's job at that star position, but we saw Megan Fitzpatrick pop off. So we've seen this quite a couple of times now. A guy comes in the summer, even transfers. Jamison Williams comes in the summer and just blows everybody completely off the map and just took over. So, it's going to be fun to see what these summer kids can do. But, we take this first call right here. You're alive on the show. What's going on? How are we filming? State your name and where you're calling from.
3: Steven, is sort of like it was back when we used to be with Coach Bryant and go to the games. You know, everybody wanted to beat Alabama, wanted to beat Coach Bryant. If they'd done that, they thought they'd got to the mountaintop. They'd climbed Everest, you know, and made it to the top, planted their flag, but yeah, it's the same way with Coach Sabin. There's no difference. It's just a different time and era, a different place and what it was back then. But um, everybody wants a shot at the best. And and when they beat them, they think they are the best. And they think they've really done it like Jimbo done last year and a few others that beat Coach Sabin. And the same way with Coach Bryant. Is, you know, you can sort of look at Auburn. They've got about five plays they brag about. You can look at Alabama. they got a series and Roebuck catalog full of plays they can – brag about. Auburn's got one sheet of players. Alabama's got another series and rule book catalog full of players. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There's no comparison in the Southeastern Conference or any school in this country to Alabama. But anyway, how's, how's things going in Birmingham, Alabama? Is it raining? The sun's shining. Has it got a little cooler today? Feels good outside, don't it? It feels great
0: outside, Wagon. I mean, the, the rain we've had in the last couple of days has cooled the temperature. I mean, it's sunshiny day. And, you know, this weekend, of course, on Saturday, we'll get the remainder of this 2022 freshman class. They'll be enrolling in and taking these classes, you know, getting in that weight training program and getting ready to see which one of these summer guys can make an impact in the fall.
3: Well, we'll see what happens here. I hope a lot of them do make an impact in the fall, every one of them, because this team needs to uh, – I don't say this team needs to win a national championship. There's been a lot of championships won at Alabama in the last 13, 14, 15 years, way more than any other college in this country. They, and Some of these colleges wish they just had one. We've got a uh, – like I said, we've got a sack fall But anyway – you know this country needs to get back to. It's sort of like we used to go to old Kiss concerts and Paul Stanley. They say we go around the country and tell everybody there's no borders, no prime ministers, no presidents, there's no nationalities, no color. You just need to rock and roll all night and party every day. I think that's what this country's got away from. They've got a little too serious in this country and they've lost their mind. But uh, they need to get around and do a, go to another Kiss concert and uh, loosen up a little bit and have some fun. Y'all looking good. Y'all be careful this weekend. Be safe. Tomorrow, more uh, Memorial Day weekend. Everybody, please be safe out there. We don't need any accidents. Ain't anybody getting hurt. Just take it easy and do your thing, and everything will be all right. We'll meet back on Monday. I don't know if they're going to have a show on Monday. If not, we'll meet back on Wednesday. Y'all be good. Blue Ridge Gang looking good. Y'all have a good Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to sign out of here. Y'all be safe. Have a good Friday night. Bye-bye, everyone. Appreciate that my man Wang and the president calling in here on a
0: Friday speaking of Memorial Day weekend. I want to give a shout out to all the veterans out there, the brave uh, men and women that fight to defend and protect our rights in this country, this nation known as America. Even though sometimes I wonder, you know, America, where are we, where are we truly as a country? Sometimes I think about that, but I do want to shout out the brave men and women who do their job and their part and fighting to, de- to defend our rights and freedoms here in this nation. But as you're continuing to get your thoughts in, I want to go to a quick topic right here. And this is on Javon Baker, former Alabama wide receiver, who put his name in the transfer portal back on, jo- back on January the 14th. And uh, he uh, committed to Kentucky out of the portal, but there seems to be a very interesting development going on there between Kentucky and Baker. Uh, Baker put out on his Instagram on yesterday that Kentucky decommitted from him. You know, normally you see a player decommit from a school, but you rarely see a school decommit from a player. So basically what that means is Kentucky probably, they pulled the scholarship off the table where he is concerned. You know, Baker kind of frustrated by that. The 6'2", 206-pounder from McEachern High School in Georgia. He came to Alabama in the 2020 class as a four-star, you know, a two-time SEC champion, national champion in the 2020 campaign. So hopefully Mr. Baker will be able to find a home somewhere in college football. But that was just shocking to me how Kentucky decided to pull away or pull off of Baker. I'm pretty sure Will Nevis, their quarterback, can use you know, some big-time play at the wide receiver position, but I digress from the statement. This is just, just crazy interesting, but uh, John, I'm excited to see these young men as summer enrollees come in here and see which one of these guys can really pop off and do their thing, but we're going to go to a break right here, folks, from the show. When we come back, we'll get into more of those summer enrollees and break down a few guys that have been putting in that off-season work prior to enrolling this weekend. We'll talk
2: about it after this.
0: People, we're back in from the break of the number one ticket for your Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, touchdown Alabama magazine. Be sure to hit that thumbs up. Give us that like button right here on the show. Hit that subscribe button as well. Make this your network platform channel in space to talk Bama. But right now, Begin to the summer enrollees. The remainder of the 2022, this freshman class coming in here this weekend, and a few transfers, three to be exact, will be enrolling for summer one class and starting next week as well. And this is exciting. This is very exciting because it's normally this time of year where you know the summer guys they get to come in here be a part of the weight training, the uh, uh, conditioning program ran by David Ballew, uh, Coach Paul Constantine, uh, uh, head athletic trainer, athletic doctor Jeff Allen, his staff, uh, Miss Amy Bragg, who does a great job in nutrition. Uh, This is the time to get to know, know that group right there, getting their bodies in order, where the athletes are concerned. A time to get a jump on that schoolwork, that coursework, getting those credit hours up to par, but also, between mid-June throughout July, this is where the 7-on-7s, seven 11-on-11s, and situational practice things start to ramp up, and we get those videos of you know, different guys meshing well, bonding well, playing well, showing off their skill set, and we can get to see you know who will be some guys out of the summer group that can really make a name for themselves in the fall. And the list of freshmen on screen, uh, a lot of those guys include Emmanuel Henderson, Antonio Kite, Amari Nablack, Danny Lewis Jr., Elijah Pritchard, uh, Kobe Prentice, Isaiah Bond, Shaz Preston, uh, Jake Pope, uh, Isaiah Hastings, just a number of different names right there, freshmen uh, coming in here uh, this weekend. And, of course, the transfers, you look at guys like uh, Tyler Steen, Tyler Harrell, and Miles Kitzelman enrolling in those summer one classes. But just a few guys that have been putting in that offseason work. Uh, First and foremost, Earl Little Jr., defensive back from American Heritage High School in Plantation, Florida. He was coached by Patrick Sertan, uh, who played in the the NFL for the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Uh, His father, Earl Little Sr., has coached him also in Little Sr., played in the NFL, played nine seasons of pro ball. So, Junior gets a chance to show his own name. He gets a chance to make his own legacy for himself. And uh, when you watch him play, just the high school tape here, there's a little bit of Patrick Sertan the second, and there's a little bit of Minka Fitzpatrick. There's a mixture of both in this young man's game. And Earl Little Jr. actually got a chance to attend a Minka Fitzpatrick camp. And you're kind of seeing a bit of that resemblance there. It's not the flashy plays from him, but it's the fundamental, hard-nosed, high IQ, get to where the ball is. Whether it's a tackle, a pass breakup, a fumble recovery, an interception, get to where the play is. And here's a guy that... With the cerebral mindset that he has, uh, Little has a chance to come in here and create a role, create some value here in his first season as a freshman. So keep your eyes on him. Another guy that's been putting in work uh, happens to be uh, Sean Murphy. Murphy's been putting in a lot of work. Murphy, uh, who not a summer guy, but he can he roll in the spring. But Murphy, a guy that was Really good linebacker coming out of Unity Reed High School in uh, Virginia. Murphy winning the Butkus Award for 2021, which goes to the nation's top high school linebacker, collegiate linebacker, and pro linebacker, regardless of the level of football that you are playing. But Murphy, cerebral at 6'3, 215 pounds, can run side line to sideline, can make big hits, can make big tackles, can create big plays. Now for him, He may start off doing uh, special teams first and showing that the coaching staff can trust him in that area before he is moved to uh, getting more time as a linebacker on the inside perspective. But it's good to see him uh, uh, putting in that work here in the offseason program. And then you've got Isaiah Bond. This guy's been putting in some work. and Here's somebody that a lot of U.S. fans are going, I cannot wait. To see him, I mean, won the Georgia State title in track for the 100 meters and the 200 meters. The young man can absolutely fly. Set personal best in both of those. Also, this may be the fastest freshman Coach Saban has ever recruited. I mean, I know you got, you know, you got Tyler Harrell from the portal from from Louisville, right? I know you got, you had Jamison Williams last year coming from Ohio State to the portal, came to Alabama, I get that. But as far as just pure freshman, Isaiah Bond might be, very well may be, the fastest player Coach Saban has recruited. And uh, to get, he's already crafting his moves even more in the offseason prior to him even enrolling. So th- it's going to be fun to see what that young man does because he has a chance to either be uh, a showstopper, either as a receiver or in the punt return game or in the kickoff return game. Some way, shape, form, or fashion, Isaiah Bond is going to find his way on the field. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. But, you know, all of these summer guys, want to see all of them step up, all of them show up, all of them show out, because it's normally in this time of year where you, you, you will see one to two, maybe even more, but at least one to two, Are those summer guys step up, show up, show out, and and make more key plays there on the field for your Crimson Tide program? I even go back to this. Um, uh, John, I could be wrong, but in 2021, wasn't Jacory Brooks a summer guy? I think he was because Hall came in the spring, Leary came in the spring. JoJo Earl came. I think Ja'Corey Brooks was a summer guy. And we saw last year Ja'Corey Brooks. Big touchdowns and big moments. Had a big touchdown in the Iron Bowl last year, which set the overtime up. Had a big touchdown in the college football playoff semifinal against Cincinnati in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. So we've seen this recently. Summer and Roley making big plays here. So those guys, they're a big deal. So we, we will see what those guys do. We take another break here on the show. Don't touch that down, people, because upon our return, we jump back into the phone lines. We grab your calls, your thoughts, your chats, your conversations. We get into a dialogue with you right after
2: this.
1: What's up, Bama Nation? This is Rudy Griffin, former Alabama defensive lineman. And you're listening to my guy, Stephen M. Smith, in my own words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll
5: time, roll.
2: Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Witwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only 9 dollars and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to witwillsports.com and get your title towel today.
5: Look at all these great players in Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Man, wait till I turn up this year. I'm going to be on the front cover. But what if Will goes off? Or Joe, DeMarco, Chris, Tim, Christian. Don't wait. Order now at
2: touchdownalabama.com or call 833-483-2624 today.
0: All right, people, we're back in from the break on a Friday TGIF edition of the show, Memorial Day weekend. Hottest show on the streets covering your Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Happy to have all you guys in here. We got a super check to shout out before we get to those phone lines. How about my man Bill? Bill from New York, that $5 donation. Dropping that in the bucket right there, showing love here on the show. And right now, we get to those phone lines, those phone calls. Call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. Number to call in 205-448-1358. We grab this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
4: Feeling good, brother. This is Todd man, checking in from Jackson, Mississippi. How you doing?
0: Todd man, doing great and yourself.
4: Well, I'm doing I'm doing wonderfully. And uh, unfortunately I've missed your shows earlier in the week. But I did go back and get to check out the uh, interview with Bo Scarborough. And let me tell you, man, Bo Scarborough nailed it, hit, hit it out of the park. You know, I mean, there, there, there it is right from the horse's mouth, from a true player who played four years at Bama under Nick Saban. Man wasn't paid any money. Could have gotten paid by probably many other schools. Paterson came to Bama because he knew Bama was not about paying players, but it was about all the things that he mentioned about wanting to become a better student. He emphasized the term student-athlete as opposed to athlete-student. That Saban cares about these kids on the field, off the field, beyond the field, beyond graduation. He wants them to be prepared for life, to make a positive difference in life and to have success in their family lives, in their spiritual lives, you know, in their their work lives. And uh, Bo Scarborough, that was just a so glad you had him on and he's one of Bama's Bama's best, definitely at least for one year was our featured number one back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Had all the tools, had all the skills. All true Bama fans will always appreciate what he did for us. It was just refreshing to hear him say it, kind of echoing uh, what But Derrick Henry said, when they asked him, I mean, how much much money did they pay you in Alabama? And Derrick Henry said, they didn't pay us, they paid us in rings, (laughs) you know. So when you're hearing it from the players themselves, you know, that carries a lot of weight with me. And again, Nick Saban is not against NIL. He's never been against the NIL. He's never been against players making as much value and creating as much value for themselves as possible. That's part of what is recruiting pitch. Come to Alabama and you'll be able to create opportunities for yourself. But he's he's criticizing the way the current NIL system is being played out, where it is basically uh, coaches saying, we'll pay you, you know? And it might seem like splitting hairs – but it is a significant difference in the way Saban goes about it, in the way Jimbo Fisher goes about it. And maybe Saban should not have mentioned him by name. Probably shouldn't have mentioned Jackson State and Deion Sanders by name. But guess what the man did? He manned up and apologized, even when he really didn't have anything to apologize for, just because he's Nick Saban, he's a class class act. He stepped up to the plate and made a public apology. And now I keep hearing all this stuff about this feud, the so-called feud between Saban and Dion and Saban and, 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 and uh, Jimbo, there's no feud, man. Saban's moved on from this thing. If, if, if there's a feud, it's one-sided. You know, those two, those two gentlemen need to man up and accept his public apology and move on with their own programs. You know, because I guarantee you, Saban ain't wasting any more time on this feud stuff. He's getting ready to prepare these kids to win another Natty and to go be uh, outstanding young people after football. Anyway, um, I appreciate what you do. Love that Bo Scarborough interview. And uh, respect goes out to him and all the Bama players that came through and did it the right way, got their degrees, and been successful uh, athletes and successful people, successful fathers and husbands and, uh, and family members in society, because that is part of the Nick Saban process. Always love listening to you, brother. Roll Tide as always, and I'll talk to you soon. Y'all have a great weekend.
0: Appreciate Todd, man, checking in from Jackson, Mississippi. Here on a Friday, we grab this call. Here you're live on the show. What's going on? How are you feeling? State your name and where you calling from. How's it doing? How's it going,
1: Big Steve? This is Tobias out here, man. And the man, I'm I'm good, brother. And yourself? <laughs> I'm doing great, sir. Great, sir. You know, you. Are, I know it's private business. I hope the engagement and everything is going well there uh with the future new bride and and all of that. Everything good
0: with you? Everything cool, man. We 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 smooth right now. <laughs> that's good. That's good
1: stuff, man. Um so, you know,
0: well first off we're
1: going into the Memorial Day weekend and, and just what a great time. I know there was, you know, and there is tragedy in um Texas and also Buffalo. Uh the wickedness that's in people's heart. Um it's just uh sometimes mind-boggling. Um, however, even in tragedy, uh, I still thank God t- to be in the greatest planet, great- greatest uh, nation on the planet, man, in um, the United States of America. Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, greatest land of opportunity, greatest land to be able to work hard and make something of yourself um, if, th- if that's what you so choose. Um, even in spite of whatever barriers people talk about, man, I'm just uh, thankful. And so for all of the men and women who have died uh, to secure um, our freedom, um, it is not a light thing, you know, especially in light of, you know, Russia invading Ukraine and all of this kind of stuff. And to think we got, you know, uh, good relationships with people to the north and the south. And um, man, just great 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 uh salute and reflection of how blessed we are in america um on this memorial day weekend um but i I concur with the uh previous caller Uh, that bo scarborough interview was fire fire he is such a class act i have never heard him speak before um i know that he's on the new show the standard um but i had never heard him actually speak on any topic of substance and I was thoroughly impressed and um, I think you would probably agree with me that if he's not hurt in that other national championship um, I believe that we win yet another Natty um, was, No, no uh, doubt, no, no, doubt no
0: doubt whatsoever
1: you know, uh, I mean because he was rolling bro he, he had found his niche and it was fire. There was no way we were coming back without a Natty then. Um, But, of course, with Alabama, it's always that under Nick Saban. There's always an injury. There's always a something that kind of sets um, us back. Um, you know, I was uh, looking at the new recruit, Eli, and I find it funny that everything is Manning, 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 Manning as if there's not other uh, great athletes out there um and when you look at the quarterback quality that Nick uh Nick Saban has been able to bring in and some people kind of poo poo uh AJ McCarron and and uh, uh uh the the um uh, that's on the tip of my tongue I'm missing this guy the commentator Macroy uh, uh, Yeah McElroy. um but they were all serviceable, um, and so they may not have had the dynamics, but they were all serviceable. And it just shows when you're in a great program, um, it's a team sport, and everyone around uh, can elevate the others. And so I'm excited about um the the commitment because um if he's serious, then of course he'll start recruiting for this class coming in and um, I think we're forgetting that there are three solid quarterbacks. Well, one is young, Ty is young, but we have two quarterbacks on our roster right now, one coming off of a Heisman uh, that I believe um, can be a a one, two punch if we wanted to do that. And uh, the other thing that I'm interested in is, the SEC kind of throwing out there the idea of just doing it all themselves with all of this playoff negotiation stuff and just going it along. SEC is throwing its weight around heavy right now uh, to create the discussion at least. Um, Because when you look at our top teams, Steve, I'm not sure what people want. And I know uh, you others, we, you know, everyone is advocating for the playoffs to expand, which is fine enough, but I think it'll be more of the same. I don't see where you're not going to have three, four, five SEC teams in the top 12. Even if you gave an automatic bid, which I don't agree with, I don't think uh, conferences should get an automatic bid, um, but I, I found it interesting that NCAA – talking about uh, moving away from divisions and a couple of conferences already have gotten rid of divisions to try to get the best two teams in their championship game. Um, It's going to help them, but it does nothing for the SEC because we already have the top teams there. Out here where I'm at, Pac-12, I mean, who are we really talking about? You talking about Utah? I mean, you, you, I mean, like, you're talking about Oregon? Okay. Oregon have this opportunity against Georgia. We'll find out how that looks. If they win that game, okay, Pac-12 has at least one uh, that could do something. But in terms of top to bottom, uh, you look at our bottom uh, of SEC, I'm not sure um, if you don't end up with up to eight teams that are better than uh, some other conferences. If you have Ohio State, um, if you want to throw Michigan in there, which I don't think is going to be solid this year, but let's just say that they are. Let's just say that Wisconsin is back. You got three out of Big Ten. Let's say Clemson is back. You got four there. Let's say that there's one more uh, ACC school. Everyone is on the... Miami trip again and again and again. Okay, so you got five. Still in a 12-team playoff, you're still going to end up with largely SEC people. And so right now I think the conference itself is strong. I think Alabama is in a good place. I think that there is no few uh, with Jimbo, I really feel sad for this man. It's very strange, uh, like I said before, but I'll leave that alone. Um, but Texas A&M, they're going to come to Tuscaloosa, and they're going to get beat by 40 points this fall. I'm saying it now, 40-point beatdown when they come to Tuscaloosa. And we're going to find out Jimbo's prowess as a coach since he's talking all of that yickety yak. I'm just really amazed at people who have done a little bit. He can say that he has a national championship. I'm just amazed at all of these schools talking about rivalries. When you you win two times in 14 years and you call it a rivalry, You win one time in 14 years, and it's a rivalry. I I don't understand that. It's so amazing to me. So even with Georgia fans, I don't mean no harm, but what rivalry are you talking about? You win one time in 12 years, and it's a rivalry. Saban's going down. What are these people talking about? Anyway, I dropped $100 into the chat. I appreciate you, man.
0: Keep rolling. Everyone have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Roll Tide, man. Appreciate my man Tobias out of Fresno with that call right there. And that $100 from Tobias in that Super (laughs) Chat showing love here to the show. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name and where you calling from? You're live on the show, caller.
5: Steven, hi, Bill from New York. What's up, brother?
0: Bill Bill, what's going on? Doing what's going on. Doing great, man.
5: Uh, glad to hear that. You know, it's really hard to follow up on calls by Tide Man and Tobias. Two, two of the best callers to me on any show. You know what I mean? Like those guys are really cool. So here's my I got like a little theory I want to run by you with Alabama. See, the thing is like you know, we're talking about A and M and Bama, and it's good for the media to build all this up. The thing is, we had so many losses in terms of players, great players last year, you know, and we still went to the title game and might have won it without the injuries. But even if we lost, you know, we lost it fair and square. Whatever, you know what I mean. There's not a doubt in my mind that we're going to be better than last year. There's no doubt. Steven, you know, I know that like I know one and one is two, you know. And, in fact, I think of all these teams in the A&M, they got their seven five stars. You know, what a coincidence after the NIL and everything. But, you know, they lost a lot of people, too. They lost their best defensive linemen. They lost their best offensive linemen. They lost Tack, you know, the quarterback and everything. They got a lot to prove. I'm not impressed, you know. So I'm just saying, and we have Coach Saban. And you saw what he did last year, which I still think was the best coaching he's ever done to get that team to a title game. Oh, Steven, we're going to kick. I don't want to curse. We're going to kick people's behinds. You know what I mean? So anyway. Great to talk to you. Like I say, hard to follow up on those two great, all-time great callers. You know, so happy for you about what's going on in your life. And you're going to be a multimillionaire down the road. L- listen to me. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. So have a great night, Steven. God bless.
3: Appreciate
0: my man Bill from New York with that call right there. And, I, and I mean, John, uh, you and I both know that a lot of these games have to build up When it comes to Alabama, I mean, personally, I always go back to 2017 uh, when it was Alabama and Florida State. Jimbo Fish was the head coach of the Seminoles. It was one versus three in Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A kickoff. And everybody was building this game up as the greatest opener of all time, the GOAT, right? And uh, the ball gets kicked off. Florida State got its teeth kicked in. I mean, DeAndre Francois, poor guy, had his career ended because Ronnie Harrison took his knees out. I mean, <laughs> that's how rough that was for Florida State. I, mean, I got walloped 24 to seven, despite all the build-up to that game. And then 2016, if you remember, there was so much build-up between Alabama and USC. Like USC comes out the out the tunnel crawling on all fours like dogs, thinking they were gonna do something and they got beat down 52 to 6. Then it was a 2015 game between Alabama and Georgia in the monsoon of rain. That game was hyped up. Alabama was a one point underdog that week and Georgia coming out barking and talking. No, beats them in the rain 38 to 10. So it's like we we've seen build-ups to these types of games, but we've all seen How they have uh, what the what the result has been more times than Knoxville, Alabama, and Bears and the other team. So, two games will be incredibly hyped up this season. The Texas game on September 10th will be incredibly hyped up, and then of course the Texas A&M game on October 8th will be incredibly hyped up. I think Alabama wins both of those football games just due to Coach Saban's going to find every ounce of motivation. And, and, and it really doesn't need to because these guys coming off a national championship loss have all of the motivation that they need. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch the season. But continue to get your thoughts in here 205-448-1358, number two call in. We got this awesome topic here on Mac 10, Mac Jones entering year two of the NFL with the New England Patriots. And uh, he's been putting in a lot of work this offseason. According to wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, uh, Mac Jones has dropped weight. His stomach is gone. He has put on muscle. He has trimmed up. I mean, he he looks good. Mac looks real good. Not just that, the connection that he has with the players on this team uh, is uh, incredible. The connection he has with the offensive line. The connection he's got with the receivers. The connections he, he's got with the running backs. The connection that he has with the guys on defense. Like, Mac is ready. He's even working with Tom House, who's the throwing coach for Tom Brady. So, Jones is really about to take this jump here, year two. Even with the loss of Josh McDaniels to the Las Vegas Raiders to be their head coach, I still think Mac is going to take this jump from year one to year two. I'm just excited to see him, Tua Tonga-Vangoa, and Jalen Hurts, all three of them, take massive jumps as quarterbacks for their respective NFL teams. But good to see Mac Jones doing his thing here in the offseason. But we go to our final break here, folks, on this show. Don't touch that dial. When we return, we will actually break down in detail All of the opponents in Alabama's 2022 regular season schedule will size it up right after this.
1: You are listening to the baddest When I say the baddest sports show In the state of Alabama In my own words You know, yours truly down Alabama Magazine Don't touch that dial
0: all right folks we're back in here from the break tgif edition of the show memorial day weekend you're rocking and rolling with the number one form in the land talking your bama football in my own words or surely stephen m smith right here and before we get into the final topic of conversation on today gotta remind you of tdaware.com That's tdaware.com. So for all of your swagger, sauce, drip, culture, clothing, fashion, niche, check us out right now, tdaware.com. Make us your one-stop shop for all things Bama. Get yourself set up now with, with your gear for summer workouts, fall camp, 2022 season by getting your brand, by getting your clothing, the rep, your team, and supporting the brand, putting out to you the information on your team. TDAware.com, link in the uh, in the description. Continue showing that support for Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, the student athletes, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But now we look at here detailing the opponents Alabama will face in the 2022 regular season in the fall and just breaking down uh, the regular season schedule here for the Crimson Tide. So starting things off here, Alabama will take on Utah State on September 3rd at Bryant-Denny, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. For the first time in the Nick Saban era, or well, for the first time, well, for the second third time, excuse me, for the third time in the Nick Saban era, Alabama will start off with not having just a marquee opponent. I know 2020, it didn't have a marquee non-conference opponent. However, it started the season off against Missouri. That was an all-conference-only schedule. 2020 was just different. But when you look at 2010, Alabama started that regular season off against San Jose State. 2011, started the regular season off against Kent State. So, started off against Utah State. And uh, this is a decent non-conference opponent. The Aggies were 11-3 11-3 last year. They averaged a little bit over 30 points a game at 32.6. They've got Logan Bonner, their quarterback, coming back. they got Calvin Tyler Jr., their running back, coming back. they got Justin Griff, the receiver, is back. And they got some pieces defensively that can affect the quarterback. So Utah State is going to give you some looks. They're going to give you some looks o- offensively where Pete Golding, Miss Alabama defense, got to be on your P's and Q's, recognizing who's got what, who's doing this, communicating all of these things out. And then uh, offensively, Alabama, you know, uh, with uh, Bill O'Brien and Eric Wolford, this offensive line, the play calling, got to be on the same page. Because Utah State's got some guys that will try to come after Bryce Young and create some havoc. So while Utah State, not the greatest season opener in the world. It's not like an Ohio State, a USC, a Oklahoma, a Clemson, a Virginia Tech, a Michigan, a West Virginia. You know, teams in years past. But Utah State will still provide some looks that Alabama's got to be prepared for. So Utah State out the gate here. Number two... Very next matchup here, you got Texas, and that will be on Saturday, September 10th. Yes, the dreaded 11 a.m. game. I know, Bama Nation, you didn't want this game at 11 o'clock in the morning in the Texas heat, but Fox Big Noon will have this game at 11 o'clock in the morning in Texas heat. But we all know Steve Sarkeesian is trying to get that win over Coach Saban. Texas has Bijan Robinson at running back, trying to be in that Heisman Trophy conversation. You've got Jingle Billingsley, former Alabama tight end now at Texas. You've got J.I. Hall, former Alabama wide receiver at now at Texas. You've got also uh, you know, former Alabama coaches now at Texas with Jeff Banks and Kyle Flood and Bo Davis. So, you know, that even the quarterback matchup, you've got Casey Thompson versus Hudson Card, a little quarterback battle there brewing there for the Longhorns. But that'll be interesting. That will be an interesting football game. I mean, Bama's going to want to go down there and take care of Texas early off and put the hammer down. But that should be a fun matchup, especially between uh, Pete Golding and Steve Sarkeesian. The offensive mastermind in Sarkeesian, the defensive coach in Pete Golding, who wants to show the Bama fans once and for all he is the guy as the defensive coordinator for the Crimson Ties. That's going to be a fun matchup right there. Moving down to week three here, you got Louisiana Monroe, which will be on Saturday, September 17th at Bryant-Denny, 3 p.m. Central Time. I know you as Bama fans. Alabama beat Monroe. In 2015, people still think about that 2007 season where Bama lost to Monroe. And you go, ever since that 07 game, I want to beat the teeth out of Monroe (laughs) ever since that 07 matchup. And Louisiana Monroe, they've got some players. They've got some guys. But this past season, they finished at, what, 4-8? and So not a good season in 2021. Still, Nick Saban taking no opponent lightly. He's still going to look to see... Or be prepared to see the type of looks that Lyle Monroe will give, uh, whether they're going to be a full on, more so of a running team or more so of a passing team. uh, uh, Defensively, they got a playmaker here or there, so there'll be something intriguing to watch there. But that's Louisiana Monroe. Moving down to the fourth team here on the schedule here's Vanderbilt. Here comes Vandy on September the 14th, uh, oh, September the 24th, excuse me. That game will be in Brian Denny. And for Vandy under Coach Clark Lee. This be interesting. you got Ken Seals back as the quarterback. Now, this past season, he threw for five touchdown passes, eight picks. Not a good number at all there, but Ken Seals, hopefully he'll be much improved there. Uh, Alabama does have uh, Tyler Steen, a transfer from Vandy, depending on the offensive line. That would be, that'd be, that'd, that'd be intriguing. That would be something to to watch. there. Can Vandy make this a close, a fun, a competitive game? I don't see them doing it, but – can they make this a competition? That'll be what my eyes will be on. Moving on from banding, you look at Arkansas. Now this is where it's going to get interesting here. Arkansas on October first, this game will be at DWR Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville. Sam Pittman has changed the culture at Arkansas. They went nine and four last year. Um, last year, that game was crazy, 42-35. to 35, Bama got the win, but that game was a mini shootout in Brian Denny. K.J. Jefferson is back. He can throw the football well. He can run it well. You've got three to four running backs Arkansas will use. Yes, it lost Traylon Burks, the outstanding wide receiver. They've got some playmakers returning. They've recruited some other guys. Defensively, losing Bumper Pool and uh, Hayden Henry, two really good linebackers that Stings, but they did get Drew Sanders from the transfer portal from Alabama. So Sam Pittman has changed the culture a little bit of that program. And with that game being in Fayetteville, that will be a very – that will be one to watch. Keep your eyes there on that that matchup. Really like what KJ Jefferson can do there. Uh, Keep your eyes on that matchup against Arkansas. Moving on here to the next game. Here is the one, October 8th. Bama, AM, Bad Blood, the Revenge game, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, and Bryant Denny. I can clearly see this going after 2014 game that ended up being 59 to nothing in favor of the Crimson Tide. I can see this flowing just like that. Now, for AM, they lost quarterback Zach Calzada to uh they lost they lost Calzada to Auburn. But A&M's got a, another quarterback, but they I think they picked, they picked up Max Johnson. So it's crazy. A, A&M lost Calzada to Auburn, and LSU lost Max Johnson to A&M. So A&M's got Max Johnson. They have also got Devon A-Chain back at running back. They've got Aniah Smith at wide receiver. They lost Jalen Watermeyer a really good tight end. They lost uh, Isaiah Spiller. A really good running back. They lost some pieces defensively, but they got some guys back. It's gonna be that that that's, that game's gonna be packed out. Okay, that game's gonna be packed out, and I'm hoping CBS makes this a night game under the LED lighting feature in Bryant Denny. It's gonna be a lot of build up for this, but like Bama in this match, just based off of how difficult that loss was a season ago, and with all the talking Jimbo Fisher did. Really excited about this matchup right here. But moving on from AM, the next game you got Tennessee, and this will be on October fifteenth. Will this be the third Saturday in October? Believe it will be, and this will be at Rocky Top Nalen Stadium in Knoxville. Now Josh Heupel quietly is putting together some talent there in Tennessee. You've got hate. You got you got Hendon Hooker. Quarterback for the Volunteers, he had some good moments last year in that game against Alabama. So Hendon Hooker is back. They've got some really good running backs back there for the Volunteers, including uh, Tion Johnson. You know, he's back. But you got at the wide receiver position, they lost Bellish Jones, but – Charles Tillman, their 1,000-yard 1, guy, 1,001, 1,081 yards receiving to be exact. Tillman is back. I mean, defensively, Tennessee's got some studs. They've got some ballers. They've got some guys that can make some plays out there. So that matchup on Rocky Top could be a fun one. But that is Tennessee on October the 15th. Moving on down here. You've got Mississippi State, which will be on October the 22nd in Bryant-Denny, the battle for Highway 82 for those Bulldogs who finished at 7-6 and six a season ago under Mike Leach, trying to get the air to work in this conference. Will Rogers is back, a quarterback. He had over uh, 3,000 yards passed a season ago, 36 touchdowns, 9 picks. Uh, Mississippi State, they don't run the ball a whole lot, but they do use their running backs as receivers out of the back, yard, including one Jaquavius Marks, who is back. Uh, defensively, you know, Mississippi State, they're tough, they're hard-nosed, they fly on the ball, they play this weird sort of sort of amoeba stack, 3-3-5 set type of defense where they put a lot on their linebackers to roam around, make tackles. Defensive line is usually style. They're usually a tough, gritty, hard-nosed group. They're always hard. They're always hard-nosed. So, Mississippi State should be a good one there under Mike Leach. And next one here for Alabama, you got LSU in the Bayou on November the 5th, Tiger Stadium, Baton Rouge. Brian Kelly talking about one of his goals, beating Nick Saban. He wants to beat Nick Saban. He's going to have a chance to host Nick Saban in his first matchup as an SEC head coach. Now, for LSU – they got. They brought in. Uh, they brought in Jaden Daniels from Arizona State as you no know, transfer from the portal to, to be uh, the quarterback. Miles Brennan is back for a fifth year or sixth year. He's been there quite some time. But Miles Brennan is back. You got Ty Davis Price. As a running back, John Emery Jr. As a running back, Kayshaun Boutte, and wide receiver, Jack Besh. The other receiver, Jare Jenkins, another receiver. Uh, defensively, LSU, yes, no more Derek Stingley, but they've got other pieces there on that defensive side of the football. So Alabama, LSU, it's always fun. It's always physical. It's always hard-nosed. It's always a good, competitive football game this one in uh, the bayou tiger stadium on november 5th moving on down here to the next matchup you got Ole miss normally this matchup is in september october but lane kiffin and big board himself to a november matchup against alabama november 12th alabama goes to the grove vault hemingway stadium in oxford to face the lane train and kiffin no more matt corral So we got to see what the quarterback situation is like. Snoop Connor is back at running back. They normally recruit pretty good at wide receiver, pretty well at wide receiver. They've got some defensive players back, even though Sam Williams is off to the NFL. So we will see what what Ole Miss looks like. Normally, with Ole Miss, great offense, defense, and not so much. But if they can have somewhat of a good enough defense, maybe we can see something interesting here. In Oxford, but you know what, Lane Kiffin—he's always got tricks up his sleeve. But moving on here, next matchup for Alabama, we got Austin P, which will be on November 19th at 11 a.m. Central Time. Kickoff from Brian Denny, Austin P—I mean, gonna be a good warm-up, tune-up game for Auburn. Still, still, next day, but not overlooking anybody whatsoever because you can still learn some things from playing Austin P. But will be a really good tune up game for the following match against those Auburn Tigers, which leads us to those Auburn Tigers. This will be on November 28th or 26th, excuse me. We will see when the time will be announced for that game. This game will be back in Bryant Denny after a uh, thrilling four overtime matchup at Jordan Harris season ago. Bama got the 24 22. Win and for Auburn under Coach Brian Harson, uh, a lot of the fans want Harson gone. Harson hanging on by the tail, seat of his tail, seat of his pants. What will we be able to do this season? Now, you know, fortunately for the Tigers, they did get Zach Calzada, the transfer quarterback from Texas and m out of the portal. They do still have Tank Bigsby at running back. They've got Demetrius Robertson, a wide receiver from Georgia. They still have him. Um, on defense, uh, Auburn normally keeps you know, some pretty quality you know, defensive guys. These are pass rushers, defensive backs, you know, linebackers hitting gaps, making plays. So for, for, for Auburn, it's going to be uh, what will Brian Harrison and the Tigers look like going to the Iron Bowl? Because it, it could be one of two ways. Auburn could either look like they're on fire going into the, to the Iron Bowl, and everybody's hyped up the Iron Bowl. Here we go, Iron Bowl! Or Brian Harrison could be limping uh, all the way into the Iron Bowl, and they're like, "Yeah, well, there's the Iron Bowl." So we'll see. We shall see. But that is a breakdown of the regular season schedule from your for your Crimson Tide from start to finish. Going to be good to watch this all go down, starting on September 3rd against 1U Tall State in Bryant-Denny Stadium. But as always, folks, you want the best in news, notes, information, coverage, and entertainment on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. You can access the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. Now, you download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store if you got the Android phone. For your audio needs, check us out. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I will try to be back on Monday continuing the conversation that is Bama football. Remember, tight fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link found. You guessed it, in the description. Also, if you're trying to get the fresh edition, print edition of TDA, the magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member or a subscriber today. That link in the description. If you're trying to get your hands on the four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of our guys that we own, TheFourthQuarter.com. That link in the description as well. Guys, shout out you guys, the incredible fans of Alabama football. All of your chats, your donations, your calls, your texts, the dialogue, the conversation. I was able to have with you guys today definitely enjoy your weekend your memorial day weekend that being guys shout out my man john Avery in the production studio keeping me on task as he tries to do every single time and until next time folks husbands love your wives wives appreciate value those husbands children summer here you've made it summer is here but continue Doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored. Be sure to get yourself those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, enjoy Memorial Day weekend. I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith, and you've been listening to In My Own Words.